This is the How to Share podcast, where we help you find your story, write your story, and share that story with the world. With loads of experience marketing, hotels, restaurants, and influencers, your host, Amy Dreheim, will help you craft stories worth sharing. Stories that do more than sell a room or destination, they inspire. If you're ready to share better stories and improve your marketing strategy, you're in the right place. Here's your host, marketing expert, author, and travel blogger, Amy Dreheim. This is the How to Share podcast, episode number three. In grade school, I won the best handwriting award, and I thought to myself, but what about the story I was telling? Wasn't it worth its weight? What about the characters? What about the plot line? Handwriting? Come on! Even back then, I knew it was about more than just the presentation. It was about the words and the stories that they told. On this episode, I'm breaking down the content behind the handwriting, the content behind the design, the Instagram photo, because you know what? A picture is worth a thousand words, but if you try to use a thousand words to describe a picture, you're going nowhere fast. If you've been wondering how to improve your writing, whether you're a blogger or a hotel marketer, if you're writing blog posts or landing pages, if they're sponsored or if they're your very own, this podcast will help. Today, I'm sharing how to write a blog post that doesn't suck. My first tip is to start with a good idea and a good angle. There are a few ways to know if your starting point is a good one. Some are more numbers-based and some are more emotionally based, and it really depends on where you personally are coming from. So I'm going to talk about sort of three different ways that you might be coming at your material, and I think you'll be able to relate to one or more of these. So you might be more of an analytical person thinking about numbers to your blog post, for instance. So you might be using a tool like Google Keyword Search to vet blog topics before you begin writing. Good for you, that is an awesome tool. And if you know how to use it, that's great. You're already ahead of a lot of people. On the other hand, you might be more of a creative person, driven by instinct and intuition, driven to share the experiences that moved you, and you're less concerned about traffic. There's a third mindset in the mix, and that's the person who's writing because they have to. Whether they're writing because they're working on a sponsored post or sharing content about a destination or an offer with their subscribers. Whatever angle you're coming from, what you want to do is lean on all three of these different perspectives to come up with a good idea and a good angle. So let's talk about that first perspective, the analytical perspective. So I'm going to simplify it so that um, everybody can follow it no matter what your level of knowledge of SEO is. So let's say you have an idea and you run onto Google and you search to see how many results you can find. That's a very simple way of seeing if your topic um, could have some value, right? If it's a hot topic, you might see millions or billions of results. And if you see that, that should be a great indicator that you need to narrow it down, right? That's just like too much. That is way too much competition. 
If on the other hand, it's so niche that no one's searching for it, I want you to consider broadening your approach. For me, if I see results in the 10,000s or 100,000s, somewhere in between that range, I feel like I've landed on a pretty good topic. Now, I realize that is a really broad range from 10,000 to, say, 900,000. And that's because that's not the only thing that matters to me. And that's not the only thing that matters when it comes to writing a blog post that doesn't suck. In fact, if you write a blog post based on the numbers alone, basically writing a post just for the sake of the traffic, there's a good chance your blog post kind of sucks. I'm really sorry to be the one to break that to you. Basically, it's just because you want to incorporate the other two frames of mind when you're writing a blog post. Yes, you can begin with a traffic if you're if you're an analytical person. Sure, begin with finding a topic based on traffic. But before you start writing, I want you to dig deep and put yourself in the shoes of these other two mindsets so that that topic is also valuable in other ways so that you're not just writing for the sake of traffic. So let's dig into that second framework then, the creative's perspective. The one that's driven largely by instinct, by passion and a sense of purpose, a need to tell a story. For me, this mindset really hits home. So like I never considered myself an artist but there's no doubt that I become super passionate about ideas and they almost consume me until I can like get them down on the page. It's like there's something inside me that needs to get out, a story that needs to be told. So when I sit down at my computer, you might guess this, but I can just write forever. I can just write and it feels so good. Um, For some people, I know that's a lot harder. I'm going to give you an example of a topic that just sort of consumed me and I just needed to get home and write about it. So um, that one time that we were in Sardinia and I was five months pregnant and we were road tripping in a camper van and we didn't realize it was the off season. So everything, including the campgrounds, were closed and we hadn't planned anything. We could barely find a place to eat, let alone a toilet seat. So much for being spontaneous, right? So my story, Six Things No One Told You About Sardinia, became an instant hit on my blog. It's one of my best posts of all time in terms of traffic, and it wasn't guided by traffic at all. It was purely passion-based. It was a story I needed to get out on the page. So maybe you're an artist in that sense, too. What I want to share here is that you want to straddle both ways of thinking. The analytical person shouldn't just stop at searching keywords. They should find a topic they're also passionate about. And the creative person should make sure they're writing a story for more than just their own fulfillment. That is if they hope to attract other readers to their writing. I don't want to forget about the third mindset here, and that's the person that's been assigned the task of writing about a specific topic, whether for a sponsored blog post, an ad campaign, or even just a landing page. This person is coming at the topic from a different angle. It's necessity, right? But in this case, don't sell your topic short. I want you to take the mindset of the first two people we were just talking about, right? So take some time to search for keywords around the topic and find an angle that you know readers will find interesting because other people are searching for it. 
and find some ways to make your content more interesting too, more compelling. Can you share a personal story or a real review about the experience and not just a sales pitch? What about experiences sort of like on the periphery? For example, if you're sharing content about a fall trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan, you'd want to mention more than just the travel offer. You'd want to share curated things to do in Ann Arbor in the fall, like seeing fall foliage while kayaking maybe, or where to find the best apple cider donuts. Those are two examples of storytelling in addition to just putting an offer out there, right? The next big tip is to proofread your work, but not in the way you might think. So my teenage nieces have been telling me about Grammarly, which is a free online writing tool used by 20 million people that lets you check your work for grammar. It also reads your writing and tells you if you sound confident or professional. I mean, that just blew my mind personally. If you're closer to my age and high school feels like a distant memory, You'll remember when spell check on Microsoft Word totally changed our worlds, right? Today, I guess there's a grammar checker. Amazing. I don't fault them at all for using what's available. But hey, when you're not writing an assignment for school, when you're writing a piece that requires creativity and your own voice or the voice of your client, I suggest you use my simple proofreading trick. That's also totally free, right? I want you to read the content out loud. This is the fastest way to make sure your content flows, is easy to read, and doesn't contain typos or grammar issues. Also, don't let grammar stop you. If you need to, use Grammarly, or consider that writing in your own voice doesn't have to include perfect grammar. With the way we consume media today, our expectations as readers are different. We tend to read content that flows more easily than when we read content that's grammatically correct. That might sound strange, but if correcting the grammar makes your content harder to read and makes it flow um, or kind of ruins the flow or takes the personality out of it, I recommend not messing with it. The third tip I'm going to share with you is visual. So once you've proofread your work and you're ready to publish, you're going to want to add photos. Photos help tell your story and break up the content. Choose photography that corresponds with the content you're writing. Use your own photos whenever you can. And if you don't have your own photos, you can search for free photos online using sites like Unsplash or Pixabay, or you can pay for stock photography on sites like iStock. All of these sites are really easy to search. So if you're looking for a specific photo from a specific place or um, if you have an idea of what you're looking for, use the search bar and you will probably find it and it will be free to use. If you're using free photography, see if you can also include a caption to reference that photographer. Now, as easy as it might seem to find photos on Google, and it is really easy, right? Just remember that many of these photos are rights protected and need to be purchased. If you use photos you found through Google search, you run the risk of copyright infringement, and that's actually really serious. I mean, think about it. If you can search and find images so easily, the owner of that photo can also search and see who's using their image without paying for it. 
And if the photo's owned by somebody like Getty Images, just know that they are actually actively looking to see who is using their images, who's purchased their images, and who hasn't. So don't let this be you. Very early in my career working for hotels, maybe eight years ago now, I was sharing this kayaking event on our online calendar, and I needed a thumbnail picture that looked like a lake in Central Oregon. So I Googled, and I found one, and I just needed it to fill this small little space, and I didn't think it was a big deal. I really didn't think much when I resized it and popped it into our calendar. Several months later, after the event had come and gone, it was the fall, I received a letter from Getty Images informing me that I had infringed copyright and asking me to pay a fine of $1,000. This was a total wake-up call to me, and I hope that it can also be a wake-up call to you. If you didn't know about this and you've been using photos you found on Google on your website or on other digital marketing materials, chances are you may have also heard from Getty Images and now you know. And if you haven't heard from anyone yet and you have been, you know, pulling photos off of Google without worrying about the rights, I guess consider yourself lucky. But also now that you do know, you absolutely need to go through and clean up your images so that they're either using only your own images or rights-free images from sources like Unsplash or Pixabay. Now, the last tip I'm going to share with you about writing a better blog post is what happens after you hit publish. So in my case, I always send my link to who I call my trusted editors, which is my marketing manager, Brittany, who was the editor of her college newspaper. She's just like a whiz on grammar and punctuation and things like that. And she can also, she knows my voice really well. And then my second trusted editor is actually my mom, who seriously like needs to go on Jeopardy one of these days. But um, she's also my biggest fan. She's been reading my work since, you know, I was five. Um, So you probably know who these people are in your life. So have your trusted editors read your content and send you any final edits they've caught that may have slipped through your own proofreading. We get so familiar with our own work that it helps to have a second or third set of eyes on it. Keep that in mind. So thankfully with digital publishing, anything that they've caught after you've published, you can easily hop in and make any final edits and they'll take immediately. So all of your edits will show up right away. Now that your blog is totally ready to go, it's time to share it. This is really, really important. So you've finished something, now time to share. So share your blog on all of your social media channels, your Facebook, Twitter if you have it, Pinterest if you have it, and of course Instagram. You'll want to take time to write a compelling line that draws the reader in to read more. You can also pull from the opening lines of your post if they feel compelling enough. Or think about it almost like an email subject line, right? You want to write something that's so strong that it gets people to click through. And hey, if you have an email subscriber list on that note, that's another great place to share your post through a dedicated email or by including it in your next scheduled newsletter. Now, let's say you've pushed your content out on all of your social channels and you want to reach a broader audience. 
you're going to have to stay tuned. So in an upcoming episode, I'm going to share my secrets for targeting and reaching a broader audience through social media marketing without spending a fortune. Now, I'd love to hear from you. So have I taken the guesswork out of blogging for you? Hopefully, you could relate to the scenarios I shared today, and you're now armed with many ways to write a blog post that doesn't suck. So hey, hop over to howtosharepodcast.com, find episode three, and you'll find my show notes where I'll link to all of the resources I mentioned today, including Grammarly, Unsplash, and Pixabay. Right there, you will also find a comment box. So if you have additional questions, go ahead, put them there, and I will answer them in a future episode. Hey, I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening and keep sharing your stories. Thanks for listening to the How to Share podcast. If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. How to share.